0: What is going on everyone i hope you're doing fantastic i hope you'll go easy on me for not being around for the last few weeks months <clears throat> two months two and a half months plural uh i taken a little mini vacation from the podcast uh, there's a lot of basketball heavy no baseball news and so i just i just took a little break i took a little youtube a hiatus, as we could say. But I am back in action. And speaking of who's back right here is my number one thing. And you could also do. It's me. It is me. It is Norm. This is another episode of Scruffy City Sports. And I'm going to be honest, I'm going to have to look really quickly because I don't know what number this is. It just came to me that I was like, I don't, I don't know what number it is. I don't care if people know what number it is, but for me, I like to know it's episode 53, five, three. that would be Cinco Trace. Uh, if you, if you're really good with uh, Spanish, I'm not, that's why I said five and three 53. That's not correct, but that's what we'll go with. How are you lovely people doing? out there in the interwebs. If nobody's told you, thank you for giving me some of your time. Thank you for hanging out with me for the next, I don't know, this could be a long one. This could be a 30 minute one. It could be a 15 minute one. I don't know. I have planned absolutely nothing. I've printed off some things because, you know, I I like to have uh, physical paper copies of things while I've, you know, could easily look it up on my phone or computer while we're recording things, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm old school like that. So I think uh, the plan of attack, other than listening to that classic, I mean, did you all like the intro check? I mean, this is just, I mean, it's so good. It really is like, I don't know what Adele's doing these days. I really don't just full stop. Is that, I don't know if the kids are still saying full stop or not, but I'll say full stop. But she needs to listen. I mean, this like 80s vibe of this song is so good. It's so much better, I think, than the actual song that it's really hard for me to listen to. the other. There's also like a bluegrass cover of this that works really well as well. It really well as well. Also works really well also. Poor English for Norm there on my part. But whatever. I don't care. How have you been? How have you all been? I'll, I'll leave pause for interaction with no one. That's good. That's good to hear. I'm going to fade out Adele here really quickly. Fade her out. I'm going to be honest here. I have lots of sound boards uh, going on today. We've already done the, hello. It's me. It's me. It is me. It's me. It's me. Uh, and then we've also got who's back. Back. Norm's back. Norm's back. So this is episode of Scruffy City Sports. I'm pretty sure I already covered that. Today, uh, I think we'll talk about men's basketball, a high-cap, high-overview, high-level bird's-eye view, recap uh, what's been going on with that, a look ahead at the future, and then we're going to dive into UT baseball because that's back in the streets, Tony Vitello, the fighting Vol, the Valtellos. Daddy himself is back on campus, and boy, if you've not kept up with the scores from this weekend's game, I'll give them to you, but whew, good gosh, Jeremy Pruitt couldn't score as many points in a season as those gentlemen did in uh, three games this weekend, and they had to run rule it uh, today. But don't want to spoil everything for you, so we'll do basketball, we'll do UT Vols, and then we're going to end with UT Vols. Um, with major league stuff. And I don't, I don't, I really don't want to talk about major league stuff. You know what? Let's get the major league crap out of the way right now because I am so I'm over it. I know. And I'm derailed. We are officially, I don't know what do we have four minutes into this podcast and I am already upset. I'm, uh, this is what, what's happening today. And I know there's going to be people out there. Norm, you know, I'm used to me sounds on your soundboard today. You just all out. Yeah, come in I'm coming in hot. I am sick sick and tired of this stupid collective bargaining agreement the cba that we're going after it's billionaire owners trying to get as much money as they can the players are, are doing their best and i'm just sick and tired of it today they were supposed to have a meeting today that started at 1 p.m eastern standard time 1300 hours if you're into a 24-hour military clock i've not looked because i don't care there is no way we've already canceled spring training games and, and tomorrow is this mythical deadline that the, uh, the owners, Major League Baseball owners and Rob Manfred have come up with to say, we've got to have it done by tomorrow because they're, they're not giving in on anything, nothing at all. These billionaire people, the Atlanta Braves came out and said they made $150 million in revenue after they paid off everyone. They made $150 million in revenue last season. That's $150 million in revenue that someone's putting away in their pockets. But these poor guys are nickel and diamond, the players, over anything. It's, it's stupid. I'm over it. I have talked with uh, long-awaited co-host Garrett about this ad nauseum podcast term that everyone loves to use agnosium, nauseum and i'm just sick of it and you know this is what this is i love to scroll through tiktok i, lo- I, lo- I love i've made a playlist with just tiktok sounds, so i get that whole like sensory thing to where it's just like just tiktok sounds because that's what i'm going for but this is what we need to do no way we can get rid of him not without cause michael i have cause it is because I hate him. I hate Rob Manfred. That's exactly, I hate him. And I get it. He's just the the essential go-between, the liaison between the owners and everybody else. But I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I, I just wish it would move on. I mean, clearly, they don't care if they're going to play baseball games this year. Really and truly, they don't. I feel like all of last season, you know, we had the pandemic short in 2020 where we got a taste of this CBA nonsense. And I, and I'm pretty positive. If you go back on this, I was like, we're not going to have baseball there's going to be another strike and blah, blah, blah. Well, then we had last season, we had the Braves win the world series. If you've forgotten, uh, Jorge Soler hit a home run that's still orbiting earth right now. It's yet to land. And, and I just don't see it happening. And I don't think they care. I really don't. It doesn't matter to them if we have baseball or not. People are still going to buy their shirts, their hats, or whatever. And I'm so sick of it. I really am. I I, I don't have a good word for this. I mean, I'm getting heated thinking about the fact that there's not going to be baseball. In my mind, they have roughly 24 hours to get this problem situated. They are not any closer now than than they were, you know, almost 100 days ago when they did the lockout in the beginning of December. Not any closer at all. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. I'm over it. I'm overseeing all the baseball players with their silhouettes on Twitter. I'm sick of the back and forth. I am just, I really am. Baseball had a hot in the streets moment as John boy media would say, or whoever you want to say it was as popular as it has ever been last season. And here we are dragging people through the mud. Now, unless you know about baseball, you don't really grasp what we're going for here. So the casual fan just sees all these things where the the big billionaires throw out the numbers about how all this stuff, and you're like, oh, I just don't understand why can't the players do whatever. It. It's, it's just sickening. And I'm I'm just, rambling. I've almost, this is it, I'm cutting myself off. I pulled the stop. I had to stop talking about it. I'm so sorry. All right, let's talk about men's basketball. And by men's basketball, not any basketball. I'm talking about UT basketball, the University of Tennessee, not t the UT Vols, Rick Barnes' basketball program over there on the hill. I'm not going to recap the entire season. The Vols, however, for the month of February, February is a special month for some of us. If you know, you know on that. But anyway, for the month of February, the Vols went 7-1. and one. Only loss was at Arkansas. They lost by 10-58-48. And, and that's okay. What I've learned in this journey of a podcast, and about basketball specifically, is I like to take... I, I'm an emotional, emotionally driven human being when it comes to sports. One loss in baseball means nothing, but by golly, in the moment, means a lot to me. I get fired up. Violent speed and momentum, the great two time one said. If, if you get that reference, I'm proud of you. But I get fired up. I get convicted. I feel it in my emotional being, all the way in my pinky toe to my pinky, all the way in my earlobes. I feel it, it and it, it it frustrates me. I cannot stand, you know, I want the Atlanta Braves to go 162 and 0. And that one loss, it just sets me off. In, in football, college football, I'm the same way. But what I have learned this season in basketball is one loss means nothing. It really doesn't. It, it, it has no bearing on your outcome. And, and in a loss that's to a good team on the road, it means even less. I mean, it really does. Tennessee losing to Arkansas uh, a few weeks ago means nothing. In the grand scheme of things, it means absolutely nothing, which is just mesmerizing. And you've got these quadrant one, quadrant two wins, quadrant three losses. It, I don't understand it all, but I'm here to explain it to you that when we lost to Arkansas this month, our only loss this month, it meant absolutely nothing. How is that, Norm? I don't know. There's all these analytics, these Ken Palms and Jerry people. I don't know who they are, but that's what they say that it doesn't matter. Tennessee yesterday beat Auburn. Oh, Bruce was back and we beat him. And and one thing I just I'm all over the place, and that's what I'm here for on this podcast. No one's wrangling Norm in today, fully, fully loaded with my water I've got sitting here. Bruce comes in. And I don't understand what his players were doing. If you've seen it all over Old Row or Barstool or any of those accounts on the Twitters, jumping on the logo. Now, I understand that Bruce Pearl built that arena and brought us back from the proverbial dead as a college basketball program. But what in the world? What did that prove? They did that the other day in Mississippi State and got beat, not Mississippi State, Ole Miss and got beat. And now they're doing, or was Arkansas. Sorry, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. They did it at Arkansas and lost. They did it at Tennessee and lost. I just don't get it. It's stupid. They came in here high on the hog, as some would say, and they took the they took the loss. Rick Barnes is now, I think, four and o. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. Hold on. If Norm, if you'd read your notes, you're getting way ahead of yourself here. Sorry, slow down. Uh Rick Barnes, that was his sixth win at UT when facing a top five, an AP top five opponent. And he is opponent. Slow down, Norm, and is four and o. In TBA. TBA is Thompson Bowling Arena, the Tommy Bowl, whatever you want to call it. I like TBA. Uh, but it was a great performance. I'm going to read you the standouts for me that was provided. I'm going to get my reading voice. Tennessee now, 20, I'm sorry. Let's go, I'm not even going to edit it out. Tennessee, 21 and 7, 12 and 4 st- in the SEC, 7-1 and one this month of February, as I just told you, set a Barnes-era high in rebounding, pulling down 54 boards. The Vols fired four of seven from behind the three-point line and knocked down 16 of 21 from the charity stripe. Uh, in the second half alone, a dominant offensive attack, netting 42 points in the second half. The capacity crowd of 21,678 continued to energize the Vols as it has all year long helping Tennessee earn its 15th win of the season at TBA and its 16th in, 16th in a row in Knoxville. The Vols hosted a capacity crowd for the second straight game and had more than 20,000 fans for the third game in a row. The victory marked the sixth win in the Rick Barnes era over an AP top five opponent. Tennessee is 4-0 under Barnes when facing top five teams at the Tommy Ball. six volunteers came up with huge performances, each coming in different aspects of the game. All SEC candidate Santiago Vescovi led Tennessee scores with 14 points and sank all six of his three throw attempts. Vescovi also tied his career high with two blocks. The man threw down two blocks yesterday. Give it up to Santi. That's what we call him. There was a little debacle earlier in the season about if it was Vescovi or Vescovi, Santee is what he prefers to be called if you're his buddy. So I call him Santee fellow, all sec hopeful Kenny Chandler and six man of the year. Ziggy, Ziggy smalls Zakai Ziggler Ziggy smalls Ziggy on top, whatever you want to call him, go out and buy his NL NIL merchandise, please. Uh, Tally 13 point cheats. Ziggler finished eight of nine from a charity strap logging three steals, which pushed him for a total of 50 for the season. Zakai Ziegler actually has 52 steals on the season. I didn't know that. Had no clue. That sounds really good. It's phenomenal to me. I love Ziggy Smalls. That's what I'm calling him. ZZ. I don't know what everybody else calls him. Ziggy Smalls is what I'm going with because of Biggie Smalls. I was young when the... that guy. Anyway, you get what I'm saying. Ziggy Smalls is where it's at. He's phenomenal. I'm not kidding you. I have his sweatshirt and his t-shirt. He is my proverbial UT basketball fan favorite. Him and B, Triple H, Brandon Hundley Hatfield. Don't have any of his m merchandise yet, but Zeki Smalls, it, I hope he stays here for four years. Phenomenal player. Love the swag. Love the mojo. I don't know what the kids call it these days. I actually, I don't know. It's BDE, but I prefer swag or mojo that was big. You see where I'm going with that. Anyway, moving on. Old Triple J, Josiah Jordan James played a versatile performance for the Big uh, Big Orange, seeing 10 points and shooting two from four from behind the arc, pulling down nine boards, eight of them on the defensive side, and old John Folkey had eight boards of himself. Folgerson, I don't know what's going on with Fulke. I, I think the man is just, he's like 25, 26. But when he comes to play and he plays well, the Vols typically win. And I'm proud of it. And back to my man, true freshman, Brandon Hundley Hatfield logged five clutch points. He threw down a humongous three ball to end like a 11-0 Auburn run. The man's got shot from behind the arc. I don't know why he doesn't see it more. Why, Norm? Because Rick Barnes didn't play him a lot. And then yesterday was his first time he got 20 minutes record high. I want to see uh, Brandon Hundley Hatfield. I'm excited. Word on the street that I'm hearing from my sources, my sources being the internet is that Brandon Humley Hatfield is going to stay around for another season. You're probably going, Norm, what in the world? He's not played a lot. But at the beginning of the year, he was touted as maybe a top draft pick for the NBA. But... I hope he stays. I really do. He looks phenomenal the last couple of times he's been playing. Yesterday, he had a fantastic game. I want to see more of him. I really want to see what him and uh, Adu, Adu, I'm not sure. I I think it's Adu, Adu. Adu can do next season because he is an Adu, I'm speaking about, not Brandon. Adu is a a fantastic rim protector. And I think the two of them, that could be scary good. And then you got the kid from Catholic coming in, uh, B.J. Edwards. It just, it's, woo! I'm already getting excited about next basketball season. Now, if you know me as a person and you're hearing me talk about basketball season and getting excited, you probably think something's wrong. But no, I really am. I've kind of I've fallen in love with this basketball team. I really have. I'm on pins and needles every possession. And it's fun to watch. But anyway, that's really all I've got from the basketball game. I do want to share, um, and the Vols take the win. I, I don't think I actually told you the score, uh, but it was 67-62. Vols on top of old Bruce Pearl, uh, another big win in uh, the stat lines and all those things. The Vols are picked for a three seed going into the final two games uh, of the year. The final two games being at Georgia and home for senior day next Saturday uh, against our Kansas. Uh, the, Tennessee wanted to let me know, because this is one of the podcasts of records for the uh, Scruffy City Nation here, uh, that it will be a checkered board Checker, I want to say Checker Nealon, Checker the Tommy Bowl. So be sure and check uh, UT Sports for your section to see if you're wearing orange and white for the game next Saturday at 12 tip. Moving forward, let's see. Oh, uh, Rick Barnes comments. Norm, that's what you were going to say a second ago. Rick Barnes comments. I only want to talk about what he said about the crowd. And as well as uh, Brandon Hunley Hatfield, two things, and then a Ziegler, and we will move on to baseball. Uh, on Brandon Hunley Hatfield's performance, Rick Barnes said the following, and I quote verbatim You never know when the lot's gonna come on for someone. You hope it can happen like that, and v- and very seldomly it does. Brandon, in the last couple of weeks, has been so locked into our scouting reports. He came in early on his own and continued to know exactly what he had to do today. It's big, it's strong words for Rick Barnes. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. I do. Also, he said he was terrific. He came in and made plays, which were really key. His demeanor was really good. The more you put into it, the more you will get out of it. Gosh, Rick Barnes. One more time. He came in and he made plays, which were really key. His demeanor was really good. The more you put into it, the more you will get out of it. In his case, it has been more mental than physical. He really wants to learn the game at a high level. Gosh, Rick Barnes hit me in my heartstrings there. All right. And here is Rick Barnes talking about the crowd at Tennessee uh, at the Tommy Bowl or the fans. And what I don't understand, and this is Norm's lack of, of college basketball. I know you hear people talk about the Camden crazies and the, other arenas. I'm stumbling to think of them, but do you, I have never heard ESPN or the SEC network or anybody be like, gosh, the Tommy bowl, you know, the fans are really like the sixth man there. There is always 20 something thousand people there in attendance for a men's basketball game. And no one ever talks about that. And I just don't understand Why? People come out in droves. Knoxville is begging for, and we'll talk about this in baseball as well, begging for these sports to be good. You can look at football and they have put nothing on the field and still, you know, for Ole Miss, they sold out and Georgia, they sold out. They're begging for a good product. And in basketball, we've got it. In baseball, we finally got it. And I just feel like no one ever credits the fans like they actually should. So shout out to all the fans that were there. I love you. I'm here for it. I'm here for the rowdy student section, all that fun stuff but anyway reeling it back in here this is what rick barnes said about the fans uh he said i do believe we've got one of the best oh (laughs) Oh, got myself there one more time i do believe we've got one of the best home court advantages i do i think our fans are great i just told them and then this is this is rick barnes he really gets me i feel like we could have a great sit down conversation. I just told them it's great to be a Tennessee volunteer. They made the difference. Our student section has been outstanding. I told our guys it's the first time I've honestly said this. I've never said this before. If you guys will get it going on defense, we'll get the crowd into this game. I said it. If you guys will come out here and turn it up on defense, and make some things happen, this place will come to life. And it did. Man, Rick Barnes. God, I love it. he man, He's stealing himself. He mojoed it after that win yesterday, didn't he? He did. He mojoed it. I was here for it. All right. Last thing uh, on Zakai Ziegler said, duh, duh, duh. sorry, doing my notes here. Ziggy Smalls said this on Brandon Hunley Hatfield. Oh no, no, he didn't. I'm sorry. I was gonna read that and I don't want to ignore that. Ignore what Norm just said. Ziggy Smalls said on being able to get the crowd into the game, that just gave us a boost. It's just another teammate on the floor, and that just helps us feel like we're doing or definitely going to get a stop right now. Man, Ziggy Smalls gets it. I'm a big fan. Big fan, big fan of old Ziggy Smalls. Um, let's see some. Yeah, that's it. That's it. All right, let's do this. All right, if you were here last season while we talked about UT baseball, you might remember this. That's right. That's right. It's back. Until I find something else. Man, I just, I really, really dig that sound. I'm a big fan of it. All right. All right. The Vols, I'm going to do, had a lot of games. I'm sorry. I've been behind. I meant to do a podcast last weekend and I didn't do one. So I'm sorry. Uh, But the Vols are now six and oh. Are they six and oh? I actually think they're seven and oh. Pretty sure they're seven and oh. Yeah, they're 7-0. The Vols, UT Sports has this incorrectly at the moment. They're 7-0 after today's game, so I'll give them a break for that. But anyway, we're going to talk about opening day weekend, uh, the midweek game, and then the series against Iona. So we've got games against Georgia Southern, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There was a game Tuesday that got rain delayed against Tennessee Tech, and then we had a game Wednesday against UNC Asheville, and then we had a three-game set with Iona the Iona Gales. I think it's Gales. I don't know what a Gales. I think it's a bird of some kind uh, for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So there we go. There's your seven wins. Vols are seven and oh, but let's talk all about it. You ready? (sighs) Big deep breaths, big deep breaths. Anyway, so if you know me, and if you've seen anything on my social medias, you know that I'm a big fan of Tony Vitello. Some could say that he is Josh Safries. I mean I was Josh Safty's muse when he wrote Unkaj. Right. 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 I know some of you people are just cringing at the fact that I just let that go for so long, but I couldn't help it. All right, so let's go back. Let's go back all the way to February the 18th. So a week ago on Friday, the Tennessee Volunteers, the Fighting Voltellos, the Baseballs, whatever you want to call them, the Vols in this case for UT baseball, I had a three-game series against Georgia Southern. I'm going to hit the highlights as best I can because I know you. all. I mean, it was it was a long time ago. Tennessee won that game nine to nothing against Georgia Southern. Some of the highlights, Chase Burns, a true freshman. He came in, uh, is a great pitcher, was topping 99 on some of his stuff. His college debut, he went five shutout innings, allowing just two hits and one walk and striking out five batters. Trey Lipscomb, Lipscomb, I'm going to have a hard time. I want to say Lipscomb because that's a college, but it's Lipscomb. Trey Lipscomb Uh, had a big performance as well. I'm sorry, I'm kind of glossing over this. I hope you don't mind. Going forward, I'll do a better breakdown of box scores. Uh, but anyway, he was three for two for the day. Again, Chase Burns gets your win. He pitched five innings, allowed two hits, one walk on five strikeouts. Uh, that was Friday the 18th. Vols win again, nine to nothing. Let's keep going on, and I'm gonna. I've got a lot of highlights uh, for this as well. Uh, actually, let's just do this now. <laughs> All right. Uh, but anyway, there was, this is ridiculous. So I come from a time and and it's soapbox time. So if you want to skip forward a minute or so, you probably can. If you don't want to hear my story, Tim, I remember UT baseball when it was really good. And Tony Vitello has brought that back. Not no stop. Love Tony balls. Love what he's doing. But I remember a time where you could go to a baseball game and there might be 20 people there. Not kidding. And that's probably like 18 people's parents. No one ever went. I mean, you would park in frat row, like spot number one, walk right in and and boom, Bob's your uncle. You're in the game. They pay you to get to the game. Let me tell you, last Friday, there was four thousand. 335 people there and it was 30 degrees and snowing, well it wasn't snowing spitting snow at one point in time last Friday in Knoxville and there was 4,000 people at the game, 4,000 now some people in the SEC are going to be oh well you're going to go to Old Miss and Ole Miss had 10,000 people there yes 10,000 people at Old Miss it's a co- I mean the people love that Lindsey Nelson Stadium can only hold 4,000 people but I guarantee you if, it, if we had 10,000 there would have been 10,000 people there it's ridiculous, Knoxville is dying this is I know I've said this before. Knoxville is secretly a humongous baseball town. You have got some big, heavy-hitting schools. You've got Hardin Valley, Farragut, Bearden, uh, Central, West, some humongous, and let's not forget Winner City. I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm trying to be serious, straight face on that. I mean, they did have one big divisional win against Farragut back in like, oh, five, six, or seven. I don't remember what the year was, but my, it was on my brother's team. They beat Farragut. In the district tournament. And I will never forget it. I was there taking pictures. My brother and them won. I mean, they are celebrating like they've never celebrated. And there's, if you know anything about the area, Farragut's kind of a hoity toity kind of, you know, pinkies in the air drinking their tea, like a real housewives kind of, you know, you'd have the real housewives of Farragut kind of, kind of that vibe. And this lady, like, I mean, these are all high school kids. Lenore City had not won anything, like essentially didn't win anything like barely scraped into the tournament. And I want to say that they were probably in just because there was only like six teams in there anyway. And this woman's like, well, don't you all act like you won something? And I remember all the kids going, we've never won anything. And like, what was her block? Like, what was her reaction to that? Like, what was she hoping? Like they hadn't won anything all four years. They never won anything. And she's just like, you shouldn't celebrate winning because our kids were supposed to win and they didn't. So, you know, anyway, that's one of my fondest memories is this Karen, as I guess we would say nowadays, telling them that they shouldn't be excited for winning when I just thought it was really funny. Anyway, moving on, let's go to Saturday's game. Um, This was Chase Dolander, Dolander's first start and he was pitching against his previous team from Georgia Southern. Uh, Chase Dolander really looks like, he's going to be an all-star in this league. I don't don't know what the correct term, all SEC, I guess is the correct term, Norm. He struck out 11 kids in his first performance. Good gosh, this kid looks really dominant. I mean, he looks really, really, really dominant. I'm excited. I know that a lot of people, and I'm rambling, and I'm sorry, but I'm not really. um, Some people on paper, this Tennessee team, people were worried that they were not going to be as good as they were last year. But gosh, I'm telling you, I know we miss Chad Dallas and and Blade Tidwell's hurt right now, but gosh, the the guys that Tony Vitello found as far as the pitching staff goes, whoo whoo whoo, who, they're not hurting for anything uh, at the moment. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that right now. Uh, Saturday's game was the only game that Georgia Southern actually put up some runs in the top of the sixth inning. Uh, they got three runs, but the Vols came back and scored three in the bottom of the sixth, went on to win the game ten to three uh, on Saturday. I know that you all are upset because I'm not giving you box score breakdowns. I promise I will do a better job of this next week. Really, I, I really promise I do. I really do. Uh, game three, Tennessee won 14 to nothing. Again, not another contest. Uh, lots of pitchers pitched. Uh, but the highlight of that that I've got in my notes is Ben Joyce was topping 100 miles an hour on Sunday of last week. More on him in just a second. Uh, but Ben Joyce looks like a... Pitch. He threw two pitches, and one of them was 100 miles an hour. I'm just going to say that right now. So uh, moving forward, midweek game for the Vols on Tuesday night was post- postponed. I do not know why uh, they were winning 5-4 to four against uh, Tennessee Tech. Uh, unfortunately, they had two outs in the bo- uh, top of the fifth, and I don't know why we didn't try to get the third out, but we did not. So that game has been postponed, so I'm not giving you any of the stats from that. So, when and if that game gets made up, we will talk about the stats from that game. Who knows when it will be? I do not know. But anyway, then we go to Wednesday's game, which is against UNC Asheville. The Vols won 12 to nothing. I'm pretty sure it was 12 to nothing. Actually, I scratched it. It was 16 to one. Uh, they gave up a solo home run in the ninth inning to UNC Asheville. Now, this game, Ben Joyce, who I just talked about, He is a transfer from Walter State. He's also had Tommy John surgery. So he's got that super ligament at the moment. Uh, Is coming back from Tommy John, and he was pitching 103 miles per hour. Actually, there is a picture floating around uh, Pitching Ninja and all those sites where he hit 104.1 on the gun behind the plate, 104 miles an hour. For my college pitcher. I mean, good golly, Miss Molly. That is incredible. Uh, We're talking speeds. He threw the fastest pitch. So there was almost 80,000 pitches thrown in Major League Baseball last year, counting the postseason and everything. This stat is coming from Pitching Ninja. If you know baseball, you should know Pitching Ninja. If you don't, go look at it. Um, Out of almost 80,000 pitches, he had the fastest pitch of all baseballs thrown last season in MLB at 103 0.5 miles per hour Ooh, 103 with movement and control i mean we're talking ricky vaughn type stuff here like video game stuff. It's ridiculous. Uh, Lots of players did really good for that. uh, in that game, again, I'm not giving you stats because we're behind and I know that you're just caring for that. So anyway, let's go on to the weekend showdown. That was, I will give you box scores for this because these games are more recent. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we played the Iona Gales. You will remember them as the nun uh, from college basketball Friday nights game. Uh, Tennessee number 15 overwhelmed Iona from the start to finish the game, twenty-seven to one. I did not. That is a factual twenty-seven to one in Friday's season series opener at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Trey Lipscomb, the man of the hour, hit for the cycle. I don't know if, if you know anything about baseball. You should know how hard that is. The man hit for the cycle had a perfect five for five night, and had nine RBIs. Let me say this one more time: Trey Lipscomb was the man. He went five. For five, that means he had a single, he had two doubles, he had a triple and a home run, and he had nine RBIs. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I I'm speechless. Trey Lipscomb, he he didn't stop there. He had a fantastical weekend. Uh, let's talk more about the cycle real quick while we're mentioning it. Uh, Tennessee senior Trey Lipscomb had a not to remember becoming just the fourth player in program history to hit for the cycle and he was the first player since 2016 to do so. Lipscomb homered in the first inning, doubled in the second inning, singled in the third and tripled in the fifth to accomplish the rare feat. The Frederick Maryland native. I'm sorry, I'm reading this off the, the website here. The Fed, the Frederick, Maryland native finished the day with five hits, two doubles, three runs scored and nine RB RBIs. All were career highs. List becomes nine RB runs batted in RBIs was one away from time. The program record. He is the first ball to finish with eight or more RBIs in a single game since George and Jordan Roger did it against Kentucky on April 1st of 2016. When he also hit for the cycle, your three other members of the cycle club uh, are Chris Burke uh, did it against Vanderbilt in May of 2001. Matt Duffy did against new Orleans in March of 2011. And Jordan Rogers did it against Kentucky on April 1st, 2016 Trey can did it on February the 25th, 2022. The Vols had five home runs, Uh, For the consecutive game, they had five home runs against UNC Asheville. Poor job of Norm explaining that to you. Uh, To increase their season high of 16 home runs already on the season, 12 different players have accounted for those 16 home runs, and three players have hit multiple jimmies already this season. It's phenomenal. Chase Burns had another fantastic uh, outing, making his second start and putting together another impressive performance on the mound, allowing just one unearned run on four hits while striking out five or I'm sorry, stri- sorry, striking out four and five innings of work to improve his record to two and Oh man, they are uh, in the bullpen, the arm barn, as you would say, just allowed one hit and didn't uh, allow or gave up one hit on no walks. Uh, and that was Canem Su- swell. S- sorry. Sewell, Camden Sewell, Drew Patterson, Kirby Connell. Kirby Connell has a Fastic, fantastic NIL shirt. If you've not seen it, I've got it. Of course, uh, it's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Look for it. Go buy it at Alumni Hall or the Vols shop. They both have them. Uh, and Mark Lockflin uh, also pissed scoreless innings for the Vols. All right. So again, we won that 27 to nothing on Friday It's just ridiculous. Uh, And Friday, it was cold again. And there was uh, 3,800 people at the game there on Friday. Temperatures were in the 40. Gusty winds. If you were there, you were there. All right. Moving to Saturday's contest. Uh, Number 15, Tennessee was red hot again. And another dominant pitching performance and red hot bats. Uh, And another blowout victory, 29 to nothing. 29 to nothing. Jeremy Pruitt it took him a few games to score 29 points. So very impressive. Uh, UT scored 29. UT's 29 runs scored are the most since defeating Moorhead state 29 to one in February of 20 or 2004. The Vols finished the day with 20 hits, 11 of those were extra base hits and 12 different players recorded a base knock. Oh, through two games in the series, the big orange have scored 55 runs on 41 base hits. The Tennessee's pitching staff was equally as impressive and record in route to recording its third shutout of the season. Last year, Tennessee had three shutouts on the entire season. So the, like I said, pitching staff is doing phenomenal. Uh, Dual lander also was on the bump again for this game. Got another win. He had 10, 10, strikeouts again. Fantastic. Let me uh, read you some more stats through two starts this season. Sophomore right-hander Chase Newlander has been downright dominant with 21 strikeouts in 10 innings of work. The dude's on fire. Really and truly this pitching staff, is going to be scary, scary. Now I understand that competition has not been that great, but they're getting ramped up and next weekend, I'll talk about it in a second. They're going to have a big, big, big test of time next weekend. Uh, also with Saturday's 29 to zero victory, the Vols have set a new record for margin of victory, 29 runs. Uh, the previous record was 28 again um, against Morehead state back in 2004. All right. So today's contest, I've got to switch gears just for a second. All right. Tennessee wins again. They run ruled, uh, Iona apparently had to bus it back to New York. So, uh, this game ended after seven. Uh, Tennessee was winning. Oh, oh, Tennessee won 12 to 2. And I'm going to be honest here. They don't, I don't have 12 to 2. I'm just going to hit you with the highlights that they won 12 to 2. There you go. All right. I apologize for not giving you the breakdown on Saturday's game, Sunday's game. I I will do better going forward. Got a little excited. Anyway, uh, ahead for the Vols this week, Tuesday night, they've got a matchup against ETSU, East Tennessee State University. You can watch that on the SEC Network or the Watch ESPN app, or you cannot listen to it on state-run radio because, for whatever reason, they're not covering UT baseball at the moment. <clears throat> and the next weekend, they are playing in the Shriners Hospital for Children College Classic. Those games are Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday night, they are taking on Texas, who eliminated us from the College World Series last year. At eight o'clock Eastern, seven Central. Uh, that game. I'm not sure how you're going to be able to watch that full disclosure. Um, I know you, if you have the UT sports app, which is Tennessee athletics app, you can listen to it on that, but I don't think the games are actually broadcast anywhere else. Um, I don't see anything online for those. So not sure how you're going to be able to watch those. Just, sounds stupid to me as well. Uh, but anyway, Friday night, they're playing Texas Saturday at 4 PM. They're playing Baylor and Sunday to round out. They are playing Oklahoma at 12 o'clock. So I will recap all of those games for you next Sunday. Uh, going forward, I think podcast, a little news and notes, We'll probably do stuff on Sundays. Uh, record on Sundays, post on Mondays, get back in that vibe. Now that we are in baseball swing of things. And again, I'm not going to, you know, have to give, give you a seven game breakdown where you're just like, Oh, Norm, good gosh. So we'll do, you know, the midweek game and then the series wrap ups from that. And I will do a better job of breaking those down for you. And really what we might do is record on Mondays, get it out to you on Tuesdays. That will give me a little time to break things down for you. So that is what's going on. Uh, over at the Hill, I'm still a big Tony Vitello fan. I am still a UT Balls fan. I am upset about what in the world is going on with MLB. I'm furious. Actually, I'm actually I'm ticked off. Really, if, if I'm trying to be nice about it, I'm just it's I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. I want them to play baseball. Uh, spring training games were supposed to start next Monday, I do believe, on the seventh. They're canceled. Um, so right now, what I could. Best I can tell you if you want to watch baseball is, I guess KBO will be starting up pretty soon. Maybe we'll be a KBO Rackleton Monkeys um, podcast again from a year ago. If you remember that fun stuff with Garrett, who knows? Uh, But we will have college baseball. College baseball will be going on from now until like end of May um, with SEC tournament and all those things. So we've got a few months Of baseball after that. Not sure. Hopefully we'll have MLB. If not, who cares? But I don't know. I'm rambling on. And the only thing that means when I ramble on is norm, Oh gosh! You know what? I forgot. I forgot one of my soundcasts that I was gonna, or soundboards that I was gonna do for um the Tony Vitel. So the Vols. Now let's let's it in here. Vols are seven and zero going into next week, and they are definitely. Push P. P. Yeah. Pushing P. Turn me up. Vols are definitely pushing P. Gosh, I gotta get all my TikTok things. All my. Oh gosh, I just I get really excited about that stuff. I, I I've gotta. Mm. Mm. I love doing all that stuff. I know you all love it too. But anyway, this has been Norm. I am excited to be on the podcast again. As you could tell, as I've rambled on for about 45 minutes now, about absolutely all over the place. And, and, and I know you all would want it no other way than me just rambling on. I'm going to leave you with a piece of music that I found this weekend that I just love. I will probably do down, 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 one more time, but here we go. I will see you all next week. Again, this has been February the 27th is when I recorded this, episode 53 of Scruffy City Sports. And if no one's told you, thank you for being you today. And honestly, I really mean this. Thank you for listening to the podcast if you made it all the way through. If you didn't, I don't really care. Thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you for spending your time with me. I greatly appreciate it. Until next time, everyone, have a fantastic work week.